0: Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you. It inspires you. It challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. All right, everybody, welcome to week number five of our Kingdom Code series. Aren't you glad to be in church, everybody? Don't you love Jesus, everybody? Oh, yeah. So excited you're here today. Welcome to church. If uh, we haven't met, my name's Mitch and along with Brandy, my wife, uh, it's an honor to welcome you to church today. Everybody at Church Online, so glad you're along for the ride today. Everybody in the room, come on, put your hands together. Say hello to everybody on the other side of the camera. Thank you for joining us. And if somebody shared this with you, maybe later on in the week, I hope that it blesses you today. And uh, just nothing like being in the room together. So thank you to everybody that is in the room with us today thank you worship team what a great uh, <clears throat> time of worship all day long really it's just been special and, and uh, so excited if you're here for the very first time uh, don't leave quickly uh, I'd love to meet you Brandy and I both would love to say hello and uh, meet you on your way out today we really do want uh, nothing from you uh, I just want everything God has for you amen everybody I don't want anything from you. I just want everything God has for you, and so I hope that you feel that today. I hope that you feel the presence of God today. You know what? Church is really—it's a lot of different things. There's family, and I hope that you experience that. And and, uh, and there's music, and I hope you enjoy that. There's preaching and God's word. I hope that it, it blesses you. But honestly, my deepest prayer for you is that at any point in this service, really doesn't matter to me when it is. But at some point in this service, you connect with the presence of God. And when you do that, everything in your life can change. Say amen to that, everybody. It just can. Everything in your life can be different, just a moment in the presence of God. And so I hope that if you haven't experienced that yet, that over the next half hour or so, you will as we open God's word together. Uh, And uh, I'm excited about that. I always like to tell you where we're going before I get into today's message. And so... Uh, We are in week five of a series we've called Kingdom Code. I rarely preach this long, except I'm about to tell you I'm going to do it again. (laughs) But anyways, I rarely preach a series this long. Uh, We take one topic and we sort of divide it up over the uh, course of a couple of weeks so that we can dive into what God would say to us. But uh, next week, I want to conclude this series, I guess. But it's kind of a standalone as well. I want to give you some vision next week. So we're calling next week in Vision Sunday. And if you want to know who we are and what we're all about, and if you call this place home and you want to know how you can get involved and what's happening next and just just all the steps that we are taking together as a church, I think it's important a few times a year that we just pause and remind ourselves of why we do what we do. Amen, everybody? If you don't, if you don't have a plan for your life, you'll... I like to say it this way. There are people who live their lives shooting arrows at the wall, and then they and then they run to the wall and draw the bullseye. You know what I mean? And you never miss when you do it that way. But that's not God's best. God's best is, God, you tell us what the bullseye is, and we're going to put our whole lives on that bullseye. We're going to go that way. Amen? And our church is designed like that. Our church is, is such that I don't want God to bless my ideas. I want to know what God's blessing, and I'll get in on what he's doing. And so next week we'll do that. And then the month of May is going to be an amazing time together. Uh, we have so many special things planned. Mother's Day is coming up, May the 9th. And uh, I hope that you plan to be in church with your mama and your grandmama and your mama and them on Mother's Day. Bring them to church with you. Our team's already planning something so special and, uh, for, for all moms and grandmothers and stepmoms and moms-to-be. and. It's just going to be a great day. And then uh, a few special things. And then at the end of the month of May, I'm actually jumping back into another six-week series because uh, our small group season is wrapping up this week. How many of you were in a small group this past semester? Come on, everybody. Good, good, good. So good. I hope that you find family here. I hope that you... Small groups are the place where people know your name. It's more than just a high-five on Sunday. It's where people do life with you. And uh, I hope that you found that. We kick off a new semester. We kind of take a pause in the month of May, and then uh, we, we kick off again at the end of the month, and uh, we have a summer semester, a six-week summer semester that kicks off at the end of May, and I'm actually preaching a message series and, and helping write curriculum for our small groups for the summer. I want our whole church focused on one thing, so what you get on Sunday is what you're going to get in small groups as well. And that is, I'm kicking off a a series uh, on the book of Proverbs. Uh, We're calling Masterclass. And the truth is, if we need anything else in this world today, we need wisdom. Come on, everybody. Say amen. We need wisdom right now. This is uh, a rocky time. And when things are shaking, I want to give you God's word that makes you unshakable. Say amen to that. When everything's shaking all around you, I want you to be unshakable people. And so uh, uh, we're going to be preaching, diving in every year around the summer. uh, We take a couple of books and we dive in deeper into those book studies. And so we'll be in the book of Proverbs for a little bit and in small groups. So it's going to be great. And then it's summer. It's hard to believe. Then it's summertime. And all of y'all who've been praying for hot weather, listen, this is our last cold anything. Anything it's 90 something degrees this week close your mouths all right we're all, all the husky brothers are gonna sweat from now till December all right so give us one more day in the 60s say amen to that like just it's, it's on its way it's summertime and, and uh, we got a lot of stuff planned for the summer all right let's get into God's word together come on grab your Bibles If you're at church online, wherever you are around your kitchen table or maybe in the living room, grab your Bibles. This is a sacred time we open God's Word ask Him to speak to our hearts. Father, thank you today for, thank you for the Bible. It's more than just a collection of stories. It's more than just good ideas. This is God's Word to my life. God, it says, the Bible says, it's spirit and life to me, your words are. So I pray today there's spirit and life that's breathed back into somebody today. That we leave here better than we came, encouraged, strengthened, inspired, challenged, do better, live better, live by God's word. God, I'm open and ready to receive. In Jesus' name, and everybody shout amen. Come on, shout amen. Y'all came to 1030, so you slept in. Y'all the smart ones. The spiritual people come to the first service, that's just the truth. And anybody that thinks about Jesus early in the morning is spiritual. But all the smart people sleep in and come to 1030, so I'm glad that you're here. And uh, you're gonna preach with me, uh, whether you know it or not. You walked into a spirit-filled church today, which uh, doesn't mean it's weird. It just means it's okay to amen. amen. Matter of fact, I preach better when you amen. Saying amen to a preacher is like sicking him to a bulldog. It just it just helps. It just it just helps. So um, I hope that you will. Uh, we are in week five of this series we've called Kingdom Code. All about what it means to be a kingdom citizen. I'm, I'm, I was born in America. I'm proud to be an American. But my allegiance is to God's kingdom. I am more Christian than I'm American. And when America goes one way that's against God, I'm going to go God's way every time. All right? You okay with that? So I want to give you some tools that will help you live in God's kingdom. As a matter of fact, I think there's a code... That if you'll unlock some principles from God's word, will unlock the blessing of God on your life. We've talked about all kinds of kingdom code. I'm not going to re-preach any of that. You can go find all that on YouTube and, and, and uh, hope that those messages bless you. Last week we talked about living a life of honor and what it means to live in honor and God's blessing with honor. Today I want to give you a little bit further uh, what it means to live in the blessing of God in your life. And, and here's what we've said. that this is not The kingdom of God is not a democracy. In other words, you don't get to vote every four years whether or not you like King Jesus. He's King, and whatever He says goes. And I'm gonna live. I'm gonna line up my life to to God's word. I'm not gonna bend this word to my life. I'm gonna bend my life to this word. Shout a better amen than that. I'm gonna bend my life to this word and and to King Jesus. And so I want to give you a code today that I think will unlock the blessing of God. But I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna let me. I'll start really hard and then we'll soften up but I just let me just go and get it out of the way I'm gonna preach about money today so everybody take a deep breath I'm gonna preach about money now here's the truth of the matter the Bible talks more about money the New Testament does than it talks about prayer it matter of fact it talks about money five times more than it talks about prayer talks about money ten times more than it does about heaven or hell But y'all wouldn't care if I preached about heaven or hell or prayer, but money makes everybody nervous. I don't know why that is. But Jesus preached more about it than than anything else. So I want to help you today, and I'm going to give you some practical stuff, but then I'm going to give you some kingdom code. Because the truth of the matter is, if you only live your life in practical worldly principles, you'll only get the reward of the world. Let me say it better uh, this way. If you live your life for this world then all you'll inherit is this world. But if you'll live your life for another world, you'll inherit that world, and God will throw this one in for free. In other words, you'll have eternal life. You'll have treasures, the Bible says, stored up in heaven. But God will give you blessings on the earth. I want you to live that kind of life. I want you to have both. And, and, and the kingdom code today, if you're taking notes, and I hope that you are, write this down. The kingdom code today is I want you to learn how to live beyond the numbers to live beyond the numbers. We are in an amazing season at City Hills. Um, We opened up our church after lockdown in June of 2020, and it was special. We had moved locations about 10 miles apart from the other location we were in. When you're in a portable church, you move around a lot. (laughs) The first portable church was in the Old Testament. It was called a tabernacle. They picked it up, to set up, take down every week, and they moved it somewhere else, and Anyway, sometimes I feel like we're kind of in that tabernacle. but uh, So we moved our church about 10 minutes. By the way, I don't know where we're headed next, but you're going with us. Amen. So uh, we moved our church about 10 miles away in June. Now, man, we had spent re- literally uh, t- tens of thousands of dollars, you know, relaunching. We needed a whole new. Our venue is totally different than where we were. And and, and we had to rebuild our team and, and just see who was coming back. And it was June, and everybody was still... We didn't really know what, what was happening, but but the state looked like it was opening up. So we had three powerful weekends, and then our godly mayor in San Antonio said we can't meet anymore, and so we went back online. And we did that until the end of August. And by the way, I went ahead and made a commitment at the end of August when we opened up for the second time that it really didn't matter what happens next. In Jesus' name, we're always going to have church together. Shout amen to <laughs> shout amen to that. I don't know if you believe it that way, but I do. I'm never again not having church. There's something about the gathering of God's people together. So we've been back since August, and since doing that, it's been an amazing thing. Honestly, so many new faces. Every time people come back to City Hills who've been here maybe prior to the pandemic, their first sentence they always say to me, they said it on Easter this year when hundreds of people in the room said, uh, you know, it's amazing that there's so many new faces and so many new people and I love that. I love, but honestly, we are in a season of rebuilding. It's a season of rebuilding and the world is in a season of rebuilding. Now, this is not an end time message, but let me just slip a little end time. uh, Is that okay with everybody if I kind of tell you where we are in the world? The the reason the world is in a season of rebuilding is because the spirit of the Antichrist has to build the world that Antichrist will rule. Okay? So everything had to be torn down so that the spirit of Antichrist could build it back up the way he wants to run it. All right, now that's spooky. You get chills and all that sort of stuff. This is not a spooky kind of church. Because listen to me, here's the better news. The better news is... Some stuff happened in the church where all of that casual Christianity kind of got swept away and we're rebuilding a powerful, godly, passionate army of people who are going to see revival until Jesus comes back. Shout a better amen. So we're rebuilding and so many new people and so I just love it. And I want you to keep bringing people and family, friends, neighbors, coworkers. We're looking for what's next in our church and it's really been a season of remarkable generosity. We've given away tens of thousands. We gave away more to missions last year without church together than we did the last four years when we had church. Let me tell you that again. We gave away more money last year to missions, outreach, serving people, feeding people, helping people, building churches, planting churches, feeding hungry people, serving the lost, digging. what We did more in a year we didn't meet for seven months than we did the other four years we did meet. And you're a remarkable church. You really are a generous church. And we have lived this season of generosity. And I just want to keep preaching to you about this generosity. I want you to keep living this because I think it unlocks something supernatural. Matter of fact, I believe in God's word. If you and I will live this principle of beyond the numbers, that God has more blessing for us on the way. I think in your life, you're about to walk in to the best, most prosperous, blessed season you've ever had in Jesus' name. Shout amen to that. I felt that right now. Did anybody else feel that? Who needs a job? Would you be bold enough to say, I need a better job? Raise your hand right now. In Jesus' name, Father, I'm believing in Jesus' name that what's next is better than what left. That the door that closed on their life, in Jesus' name, it was not for them, not meant for them. But what's ahead of them is the best they've ever walked in. Favor and blessing in Jesus' name. Shout amen to that. I believe that. I really do believe that. Now, you can be poor and sad and all you want to, but this is not that kind of church. This is the kind of church that believes the best is yet to come. With God, the best is always yet to come. But you got to be able to see beyond the numbers. The truth of the matter is I think most people are generous. I think you're a generous person. You say, you don't know. (laughs) You don't know how Joey doesn't share food. You know what I mean? Like You don't know anybody, friends, anybody, a few of us. Sinners? Yeah, Joey doesn't share food. Um, I'm stingy. No, I don't think you are. Listen, if you're born again, your father is a generous giver. For God so loved the world that he... Generosity is in your DNA. I think most people don't give and most people have have a problem with generosity, not because they're stingy, but because they're strapped. I think we live our lives beyond margin such that we're so thin we can't do what God's called us to do. So I want to elevate your eyes today above the numbers, beyond just the dollar signs. I want you to find some kingdom principles. Are you ready to go on that journey with me? 1 Timothy 6 says it like this, that people who want to get rich, people who are all about the numbers, people who just worry about money, fall And about five or six terrible things, temptation, a trap, foolish and harmful desires, ruin, destruction. I thought I'd start with something real positive. Like people who only chase money, this is the kind of life you can look for. Verse 10, you've heard this misquoted all your life, but the Bible says it like this. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Money's not the root of evil. Loving money is the root of evil. God, matter of fact, God provided all, everything in your life for you to live a blessed life. It's when you, it's not, God doesn't mind you having money. God doesn't want money to have you. That was better than you, amen. God doesn't mind you having stuff. God just wants you to leverage all the stuff He gave you for eternal good. God wants you to make a difference with your life. You weren't just meant to take, you're meant to be a giver because you're the child of the Most High God who's a giver. Who's generous. Say amen to them. Who's generous. He gives. The love of money is the root of all kind of evil. Some people who live their lives only by the numbers have wandered from the faith. Lost. And they live their lives in many grief. And I don't want you to live this way. I want you to live. I want you to get out of this pattern of just following the numbers. And I want you to follow something. I want you to see in the kingdom There's a supernatural way to see. I want you to... I I prayed for you this morning that God would open supernaturally your eyes to see bigger than what's on on paper and what's on your bank account and, and just about numbers. And I want you to see supernatural principle that God has for your life. Now, numbers are important. And when I do premarital counseling, I do a little bit of that. I try not to. I try to make our staff do all that, but... Uh, um, they just got married, so anyway. <laughs> uh, but uh, when we do it, we you talk about money. Because if you've been married for six years or 60 years, you know this, nothing fights like money fights. Right? Nothing will make you fight like money will make you fight. And so I always ask, you know, we do this, uh, there, there's a, there, a you know a guide that we use and a, a survey we take, an assessment we take is premarital counseling. And we always ask, Who's the spender and who's the saver? So, And you're like, oh, all the spenders. Let me see your hands. All the spenders. It's, you're usually to pick out. Y'all got bling on and whatnot and, you know. Where's all the savers at? Where's all, yeah. Yeah, you're wearing the same shoes you wore in high school. You know what I mean? You still got that old ratty shirt you've been wearing this whole time. She's been trying to buy you a new shirt and you just, no, this one's good. It's fine. Don't worry about it. I've always been a saver and, and sometimes there's, there's uh, two, you know two spenders that you're in trouble if you married that and then and then sometimes there's two savers Brandon and I are kind of both savers but but I've really been a, a saver all my life I, I grew up going to church camp in the summer and my mama would would put my church camp money in my blue jeans every day and partly she did that so that I would change my pants every day and put on new pants anyway but because I knew they were new money but she didn't want me to overspend. But what you didn't know was i been I was I was saving all along. I was gaming the system because I would make my buddies. I would pretend I didn't have no money. I wasn't always saved. <laughs> I, I mean it was church camp, but brother, a lie, okay? So I would act like I didn't have no money, and my buddy would pay for, at the concession stand, and then I would keep my money, and I'd go home, and I'd make money from youth camp, and I wouldn't tell my mama. And then I'd show up at Walmart because we weren't bougie like Target. We were Walmart kind of people. And I'd show up at Walmart, and I had money to buy a toy. And my mom would be like, how'd you get money? Don't worry about it. <laughs> I got what I got, okay? <laughs> don't, don't. <laughs> Always been a saver. And you can look at your finances just in spending and saving. And, there's, and, and honestly, there's value to that. I'm going to give you five practical. If you just look at the numbers... If, if you just were to go to a financial planner or financial coach, they tell you there's five things that, that all your money circles around. I'll give them to you really quickly. Number one is earning. Write this down. Earning, it's, it's how much money. If you don't have any money that you're making, you can't have any money to manage. Right? That makes sense? So if you're in your 20s, let me just encourage you. Um, you need to get out of your mama's basement and play in Fortnite and get a J-O-B. Don't just look straight ahead. Don't 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 actually hit your 20 something. <laughs> just look right at me. You can get a job. I just heard in Central Texas there are more people looking there are more people looking for employer uh, employees than are looking for jobs. In other words, there's more jobs than people to fill them. So if the actual numbers were correct in Central Texas, we actually, we have a negative unemployment rate. Because there's more opportunity. matter of fact, I was with someone the other day who said, we have to adjust our hours not because we don't have the business, but because we don't have the workers to fill the slots. Look at me. Get a job. Some of y'all have never read the book of Job in this book because y'all think it's about working. <laughs> Get a job. <laughs> you got to earn something to be able to do something. Say amen. All right, you, you got you to have it. But earnings, not all there is. Uh, if you just went to, if you just about the numbers, there's spending. That's the second category. It's money going out. I got money coming in. I got money going out. But most studies say somewhere around 90 percent of Americans don't live by a budget. You just spend and hope it works out. Come on, you just. Back in the day, we used to call the bank and get our bank account uh, uh, balance. Are you with me on this? You'd call three or four times a day, just making sure. Back in the day, you used to be able to float checks. Where where y'all where Where we at, people? Y'all know how that, yeah, back in the back. I'm with you, brother. We'd, we'd, you write a check here knowing I had two or three days to chase it over there. It, y'all wasn't poor like I was. And, and, and we don't live by a budget. And so, and, and, and so you end up just spending more. And, and if, you, if you just look at the numbers, it's just money coming in, money going out. The third thing, if you just went to a financial planner, they tell you to save. Saving is number three. It's saving. The Bible talks about saving. Nothing wrong. Proverbs 21 says the fool spends all that he has. Nothing wrong with saving. You, you can't live in freedom. I, I, I recent, in, in preparing for this message, I read that the average American lives on 136% of their income. In case you're not good with numbers, that's spending more than you take. <laughs> more than I have. You don't have any room to save because we're living on 36% more than we actually make. So, so you need to save. You need to, you need to save for a purpose. You need to save for a rainy day. You need to have a $1,000 emergency fund. You need to have three months of expenses. Are you with me, everybody? Like if you just live by the numbers, the fourth one's investing. There's, I'm just giving you the practical. If you were just going to a financial seminar today and Dave Ramsey was up here and, and, and then he, just investing your money. And, and this is really when money starts to get fun, if you're just living by the numbers, Money gets fun at investing because you get to set money aside for the purpose of growing so that it blesses you in the future. And, and if you start early enough, honestly, time becomes your friend. It's on your side. I read that the average car payment in America is $484 a month. And if you would keep that old car that you got that's paid off and you would put $484 a month in the bank when you're 25, with the average rate of return currently and over the last two decades... You would have $5 million to your name when you're 65. If you invested that car payment at 25 until 65, you'd have $5 million. Nothing wrong with investing. Ain't nothing wrong with $5 million. Come on, somebody. So just decide if you want that new F 150 or not. I'm, just, I'm not telling you either way. I'm just, just, if you just live by the numbers. And the last one, if you only live by the numbers, is giving. The, I'm just giving you the world's way. If you just live by the numbers, it's giving. And it's a crucial part of giving. I read that the average American gives 3% of their income to charity. The average Christian gives 3.8% of their income. Something's wrong with us. If we're just as generous as lost people, right? It ought to be that God's kingdom, it ought to be people who are in the kingdom... Give more than people who are out of the kingdom, but it's almost identical. And, 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 and it's, it's as believers, we'll, we'll talk about giving in a moment, but it's amazing to me how it's always the last thing, you know, if I have left over, this is what comes. And, and those are the numbers. And honestly, it doesn't really matter what financial class you go to or book you read, those are the five numbers. It's how much I have, it's how much I spend, it's how much I save. How much I invest, and how much I give, and I meet a lot of Christians who live their life just by these numbers, and they live unfulfilled, unsatisfied. Frankly, frustrated. No peace, no joy. Arguments and fights, and I man, nothing fights like money fights because you're just. Li- and if you if you just live by these numbers, listen, you'll do good. But I don't want you to just do good. Look into my eyes. I want you to live blessed. And I know people who do good, but aren't blessed. And I know people who have a lot, but their soul is bankrupt. And I know people who have big houses and nice cars, and the, mu- the numbers line up, but when they lay their head down at night, they have to take pills to sleep. Because God designed you. God designed me to live beyond the numbers. I think there's some principles, not just financial principles, there's some supernatural kingdom principles that if you'll live will really give you the supernatural kind of life that God wants to give you, the blessed life that God wants you to live. That kingdom citizen principle. And I I want to raise an army of kingdom citizens who don't just live by whatever the world says. Well, if you'll save this and you'll invest that. If you'll just figure out how you earn. I don't want you to just live by the numbers. I want you to live beyond the numbers. Are you there, everybody? Because the truth is our life by the numbers looks like Haggai. Haggai. You probably never read this in the Bible. Haggai is a small little book in the Old Testament. He's a minor prophet. He's only called a minor prophet because his book is really small. But Haggai 1 and 5 says it like this. Now, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. In other words, sit down and look at your life and think, is what I'm doing working? And this is where I find a lot of Christians. Not y'all, but in first service. You've planted much, but harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, never have your fill. Put on clothes, can't ever get warm. Earn wages, put them in a purse with a hole in it. Now, I know that sounds all prophetic, but look into my eyes. It's the way most of us live our lives. I'm working 80 hours a week. Why can't we get ahead? I feel like I'm, I'm given. I went to school for... Six years to get a master's degree. Or I squeezed an associate's degree into four years. Or whatever it is you did. And I thought I'd be further now. I'm 50. I'm 60. We started a business. and I'm trying to live by the numbers. The earning. Spending. Saving. Investing. I'm trying to just live by the numbers. But when I do, I feel like I'm dressing but I'm never warm. I'm eating but I'm never full. I'm drinking but I can't have enough. And I'm putting money in a purse with a hole in it. And Haggai said, this is how your life is if you just live by the numbers. If it's just about numbers. Then verse 7 says, this is what the Lord says. Give careful thought to your ways. Think about something more. And I want to give you five kingdom principles that are beyond the numbers. I want you to, I want you to be kingdom citizens that live beyond the numbers. Are you ready for it? Are you ready for it? Number one, write this in your notes. I want you to live your life with calling versus compensation. With calling versus compensation. In lieu of chasing how much money you can make, what if you chased God's perfect plan for your life? Instead of waking up on Monday morning thinking, how can I get ahead in this life? What if you woke up tomorrow morning and said, how can I make a difference in this world? Instead of of just taking the next job that they offer you because it's $2 an hour more than the other job that you had. What if you looked at your life and said, God, I want to know what you've called me to do. And I'm going to give my life to my calling and not just my paycheck. I want you kingdom citizens live in calling and not... Compensation—it—it's—it's it, it's not really—it has nothing to do with honestly how much I make, even if it's less than I could have made. I want to chase God's calling on my life. Are you there? Say amen. amen, Brandon. I've walked this out for the last five years. I'm not telling you this for pity. I'm just telling you I'm living this kingdom principle and watching the blessing of God over my life. Fifteen years ago, I made more money than I make today. Now. I don't think it's supposed to work that way. (laughs) I think it's supposed to work the opposite. But we left a ton of security and what we thought was the right thing. And we left compensation because we knew that we knew that God had called us to do something else. God's going to take care. And I look around my life, and I'm going to be honest with you. When I lay my head down at night, it's sleeping better because of calling more than compensation and you have got to find a place in your life where calling matters more than how much i make. Then call i get up every day happy about what i do not cuz i make a ton of money but because god put this in my life cuz god gifted me with this cuz god gave me these talents and i'm living in my calling not just you can live for the numbers but i'd rather you live for the calling. I'd re- it's, it's what the growth track is all about. It's why there's people right now in, in, in step two of the growth track. If you missed it this month, it comes back next month. Every month on the first Sunday of May is step one of the growth track. And all we do at the growth track is help you discover the purpose God has in your life. Because you're never going to live fulfilled until you discover why God put you on this earth and then get busy doing the thing God created you to do. You can have all the money in the world and make compensation, earning all that you want. But if you don't realize I'm I'm called to something, there's something more. And connect to that calling, then you'll never be happy. Are you still there? Say amen to that. What's amazing in your life is when you focus on your calling, God throws in the compensation for free. God will take care of your needs if you'll take care. We've lived our life by this principle. I've lived for 20 plus years now in vocational ministry by this principle. If I build the house of God, God will build my house. God, a matter of fact, I got up today and said, God, I'm going to go build your house. I'm going to trust you to take care of my house. And he's never failed. And he's never let us down. I'm living and calling. Acts 20 and 24 says, however, I consider my life worth nothing to me. If only I may finish the race and complete the task. That the Lord Jesus has given me. The writer said, "There's something I'm supposed to do with my life, and I'm going to live in calling more than I am. Comp-. The, the secret to your life is not accumulating more stuff. The secret to your life is discovering why God put you on this planet and getting busy doing what God called you to do. Write it down this way: We don't just need money to live on. We need something to live for. I'm just elevating your eyes beyond the numbers. It's more than earning. It's calling. I need something to live for, not just money to live on. I need something to live for, not just money to live on. It's why this church is full of people. It's why I love City Hills Church, why I'd come here even if I didn't work here. I love the people here because people from all walks of life this morning were holding doors for you. And they're teaching your children about Jesus right now. And they made coffee. And they set out pastries. And they were here at 6 30 this morning. And they were here at 5 o'clock last night setting up our entire church and all of our environments. And they're going to stay an hour after church today to tear it down. And they're going to load it into trailers. And they're perfecting their craft as musicians. And they show up to rehearsal as singers. And they cleaned every seat here and they cleaned the bathrooms and they cleaned our kids' rooms and they handed you a worship guide and high-fived you on your way in, not because we paid them a dime, but because calling matters more than compensation. Shout amen to that. Calling. I just I want I just want you to live above just the numbers. I want you to live in call. I want you to find your calling. Make it your life's mission. Let me help. Let our church come alongside you and help discover calling. Number two, if you're going to live, it's not just earning, it's calling. The second financial principle was spending, but it's, it, you, if you just live in spending, it's always going, you're only going to reap the reward of the world. But I want you to reap supernatural reward. The second kingdom principle is contentment versus consumerism. Contentment Instead of consumerism, it's just what I spend. I need more. We are in a world that wants more and more and more, and it's troubling, honestly. It's permeated every area of our society that we we live in a culture of more. I want more. I I got this, but I want that. I got a house, but I want that house. I got this car, but I want that car. I got this wife, but I want that wife. More. It's just more. It's just more. You can't ever be content with what you have. And I know it's boring and I know it's archaic, but i got to tell you the secret to peace in your life is contentment with what you have. That's why Jesus said it like this in Luke 12. Don't always be wishing for what you don't have. Real life and real living are not related to how rich you are. In fact, some of the happiest people on the planet... Are the people with the least. If you don't believe me. Go on a missions trip with us soon. You'll you'll go to countries. Where people have absolutely nothing. And they're full of joy. You'll find kids in a dirt floor. With a stick and a rock and no shoes. And they're smiling from ear to ear. And you have two iPads. An iPhone 12. And two Xboxes. And can't find joy in anything in your life. Because contentment is better. Than consuming having a lot, being happy with what I have. Philippians 4 and 12 says, pa- Paul would write to the church and he, he said, I know what it's like to be in need and I know what it is to have a lot. I've learned the secret. Listen, I've learned the secret uh, the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether i got food to eat or I'm hungry or I'm living in plenty or want. Well, what is it, Paul? What's the secret? Listen, he didn't tell you, but I'm telling you the secret. To, I'm telling you the secret, The realization. The secret to contentment is the realization of how blessed I really am. The secret to contentment is realizing. Help Write it down like this. Contentment is not the fulfillment of what you want. It's the realization of what you already have. Contentment is not the fulfillment of every want you have. It's looking around your life and realizing... I'm thankful for what I have. God's blessed me with this. God gave this to me. God, if you never do anything else for me, I'm blessed. Does anybody feel that way? Would you just wave your hand at me and say, I feel If God doesn't answer any other prayer, if God doesn't do anything else, if God doesn't come through in any other way, God has blessed me beyond measure. I've got more than I could. I'm better off than most people, and I'm blessed, and I'm content with what I have. Shout a good amen right there. That was worth the price of admission. Number three, number three, if you're just looking at the numbers, it's just saving. It's earning and spending and saving. But in God's kingdom, this is the principle. Write this down. I want you to be God dependent instead of independent. I'm God dependent. Saving says I'm independent. I can save for a rainy day. And saving is biblical, and you ought to. But the reality is, listen, you got to be sure you're staying God-dependent even though you can take care of yourself. You realize my trust, my hope, my dependency is not in my savings account. My trust, my hope, my dependency is not in my ability. I'm God-dependent. Savings doesn't insulate you from the possibility of trouble. Ask Bernie Madoff, 82 years old, died in a prison cell alone last week after his son Mark committed suicide five years ago. After his wife left him, his other son hasn't spoken to him. He, The largest Ponzi scheme in American history, $65 billion. And he died alone in a cold six by six. Because it doesn't matter what you can do. It matters what God can do. Money doesn't insulate me from trouble. It doesn't insulate me from Proverbs eighteen eleven. This is why I'm preaching a whole series on the book of Proverbs, because we need wisdom like this. Proverbs eighteen eleven says, The wealth of the rich is their fortified city. Now watch it. They imagine that their wealth is a wall too high to scale. The problem is, it's imaginary. When I was growing up, I was afraid of the dark, whatever. And so I would keep my covers over my head. And true story, I'd keep my covers over my head, and I'd cover my eyes, and I'd just leave a little hole so I could breathe. (laughs) you just (laughs) come into my room. It's not like I was on a CPAP at five years old, just... (laughs) I don't know what I thought the covers over my eyes was going to protect, honestly. But I felt like I was insulated from every monster and devil out there. But it didn't protect me from anything. It was a false sense of security. And the Bible says the rich look at their wealth like they imagine it's it's a wall that's impenetrable until you lose it. And I don't want you... To just be so independent that you decide, I don't need anything else. I don't need anybody. I don't even need God. I'm taking care of me. Listen to me. It doesn't matter how much you get or accumulate in this world. You cannot live your life independent from God. I need God for the very breath I breathe. I need Him for the next step I take. I need Him for every decision. I need Him to be a good father. I need Him to be a good husband. He's my provider, my helper, my strength, my strong tower. I'm not depending on me. I'm depending on God. Shout amen to that. I thought I was in here by myself. The most generous people in America are the poorest. True story. True story. The more, the more, the more income goes up, the less people give, percentage-wise, in America. Why? Because poor, poor people know, well, I don't have enough anyway. Why would I trust this? I might as well give this away to help somebody else I've always said it like this If it's not enough to meet your need It's probably the seed God put in your hand To to, to plant for somebody else But But the the more income I have The less people give The percentage of giving goes up The poorer you are The top givers in America percentage wise Make the bottom 50% of all the income Why? Because I'm not independent I know I need help. Proverbs 30. I love how Solomon says it like this. He says, don't give me poverty and don't give me riches. Just give me what I need. Because if I have too much, I may disown you and say, who is the Lord? And if I don't have enough, I may steal and dishonor the Lord. So Solomon said, by the way, the wealthiest man that's ever lived, Solomon said, you know what, God? You know what I need most? I need my daily bread from you. I I need want I, to be God dependent. I want to live beyond. Write it down like this. i got to keep going. I will not trust in riches. But I'll trust in Him who richly provides. I will not trust in riches. I'll trust in Him who richly provides. Something beyond the numbers. Something more. Step four was investing investing if you just if you're if you're just fall you know it's, it's it's earning and spending and saving and investing but if you look beyond the numbers and God's in, in, in the kingdom step four is stewardship instead of ownership stewardship instead of ownership a steward is somebody who manages something they don't actually own so I have two children nine-year-old and a six-year-old and um, we're still working on this principle. I'm not telling you we have this together, but just so you kind of know what kind of parent I am. Now, you may like this or not like this. doesn't really matter. This is kind of how I am. But I have to remind my children often, you don't own anything. Last time on the 1st of April, Daddy paid the mortgage, and the mortgage includes your bedroom. And I'll look around and make sure, but I don't think you paid rent to live up in here. So this is not your bedroom. This is daddy's bedroom he let you have. So when I tell you to pick your drawers up, it's because it's daddy's room. I don't care that you think it's your room. It's my room. Anybody else raised like that? Oh, that's your iPad. Well, I don't recall you buying this iPad. I do remember when mama and daddy saved up for Christmas and bought it for you. So it's my iPad, and I let you use it. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? You don't own nothing. Now, you can own some stuff, but you got to get out of this house. Because I own everything in this house. Is that too bad? Maybe I need help. Now, look at me. Y'all like preaching like that. But you don't own anything either. Everything I have, God gave me. Everything in my life comes from God. Well, I worked hard for this house. No, no, no. God gave me this house. Well, this land's been in my family for generations. No, no, no. God blessed our family with this land. Well, I work hard for this truck. I pay the payment every month. No, no, no. God provide. God gives me everything in my life. And I am the steward. I'm the manager. I don't own none of this stuff. I, more than just stuff, I don't own anything else I have. I don't own the talents God gave me. God gave me them. So when I don't use my talents and gifts back to God, I'm porting like I'm an owner. I didn't come up with. Well, I'm smart. I got through college. No, no, no. God gave you that brain. God gave you that. God gave you that intuition. It's God who opened that up. I, God owns. It. Write this down. God owns everything. I'm just his manager. I'm just managing. God gave me my breath, and God gave me my time, and God gave me my house, and God gave me my car, and God gave me my family, and God gave me my kids, and God gave me this church, and God gave me this talent, and God owns it all, and I'm just managing. I'm leveraging what I have for God. I don't have nowhere to go, and I'm not even right, uh, hungry. I may preach another half hour. Every <laughs> everything I've got, God gave me, and I refuse to live my life like I own it all. I don't own that. You know what I did back there in that little back room I have set up? They put me a little, little. They boxed me in back there. And I get back there and I get on my knees and I say, God, I did it this morning. I said, God, this isn't my church. This is your church, God. This isn't my pulpit. This is your pulpit, God. These aren't my words. This is your. I resign this whole thing to you. Why? Because none of this belongs to me. None of this belongs to you. Everything I've got comes from God. I don't own it all. God owns it all. Now listen, if you'll live your life like God owns it all, the crazy thing about the kingdom is God will, if you'll steward it well, God will give you more to steward. 1 Timothy six seventeen. It says, command those who are rich in this world, don't be arrogant. Don't put your hope in this. Put your hope in God. God provides everything for my enjoyment. But every time I bring my tithe back to God, I'm reminding myself. Every time I bring my tithe to God, I'm reminding myself, I didn't do this God gave me this paycheck. And the first 10% is God's. Matter of fact, he said it's holy to the Lord. You just you read it for yourself. He said, It's holy for the to, to the Lord. And so why would I steal from God? Malachi 3 and 10 says, Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse, that better word is church, that there may be food in my house. I, everything I have comes from God. So I don't mind putting God first. And when I put God first in my tithing, the first, ten, every dollar we make. So, so help me God. Brandy knows this is true for the last 20, almost 21 years now. Every dollar comes into our house, the first 10% belongs to God. Why? I return it to God. Why? Because I can do more with a blessed 90% than I can with a cursed 100%. I, I get, <laughs> I bring it. So that God, because I didn't, I didn't earn it. God blessed me with this. God gave this to me. And then, and then financial planners would tell you the last thing's giving. It's always interesting the last thing's giving. It's not the last thing. Tithing says it's the first. But here, let me give you the last principle and then we'll pray. It's more than just giving. The reason why I can preach to you confidently about this, the reason why Jesus preached five times more about money than he did about prayer. Is because God knows best that generosity is better than misery. Generosity. The opposite of a generous person is a miser. (laughs) Same word we get misery from. Most miserable people I know are stingy. They don't live their lives generous. Acts 20.35, the Lord Jesus himself said... It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, before you think, well, church is all about money, and I came today and somebody shared this with me, all about money. It's not all about money. Matter of fact, generosity is the way of life. It's not just the way I give. Generosity is about realizing I'm called to more than just compensation. Generosity is about living my life for calling and for others. Generosity is about stewarding everything God gave me. G- g- generosity is about being God-dependent, not independent. Generosity is about being content with all that I have. Generosity is about making a difference. Heard a story. A true story. A lady in a fast food line and, and her church, like ours, hands out. These little cards, we call them acts of kindness. We don't call them random acts of kind. Why would you be random with it? I'm purposeful with my kindness. <laughs> anyway, these little cards. True story. We've we've had these for five years. These have always been present. In this, um, it's a true story. This woman um, is in the fast food line, little fast food restaurant, and. The car in front of her pays for her meal um, She you know t- tells the cashier hey whatever she whatever the, you know that car got I just put it on my tab and I'll pay for it seven dollars true story seven dollars and the, but the, the lady in, in the car that paid she said the only thing I want you to do is I'll pay for the, but I don't want you to give her the receipt just give her this card this exact card give her this card and and it says, if you're at church online, I try to get close. It says something extra to show you that God loves you. On the back it says, and so do we, and then our church name. And she said, she said, this all I want you to do is just give it to you. you. Don't have to tell her anything. Do you want me to tell her who it is? No, 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 don't tell her who it is. Don't tell. Do you know her? I don't know her. I just want I pay her seven dollars and you give her this card. True story. So she, she gives her the card late in the drive thru. says, There's people paid for your meal, but they told me to give you this card. She goes home. She finds the church number on the back. There's our web address and Googles and finds the church number. And she tells her, answers the phone. She said, I, I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know if you can find this person. She said, I got their license plate number. <laughs> we don't keep your license plate number. (laughs) That'd be weird. She said, I don't even know how to find them. But could you tell them today they saved my life? That um, I had wrote my suicide note out at home. And I came to this little fast food place to eat my last meal. And I was going to go home. I was going to go home and it was over. And somebody handed me this little card that said that God loves me and somebody else in this world does. And I decided if that was true, that today wouldn't be the day. Now listen, I want you to live your life. That you make a difference. It's more than money. It's more than giving. more than envelopes. It's more than buildings. and it's, it's, This is about people. I just want you to live generous. And when you do, you change the world. Now, you could live all about you, all about the numbers, all about what I have. The truth of the matter, last thing and I'll pray for you. Truth of the matter is God blesses me. Write this down. God blesses me with more than I need so that I can be a blessing. And God gave us opportunities to change the world. To change somebody's world. Why would you live your life just for numbers? Why would you live just for you? Why why would we have a world so committed to consumerism and me and mine and stuff when I could give my life away to change the world? Jesus did. So can you. God gave you more than you need so you could be a blessing. Now that's living beyond the numbers. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your presence in the room today. I thank you that um, since early this morning when Dream Team was here setting up I felt the presence of the Lord worship, first service even now I feel the presence of God. I thank you for everybody in the room and the church online God I want this to be us. I want it to be me God we're in a world just sort of obsessed right now with more and consuming and stuff and the haves and the have-nots God I want this to be an army of people who live for others live beyond myself who realize I'm content with what I've got I don't have to consume anymore who realize I don't have to get up tomorrow for a paycheck I've got a calling oh yeah I may get paid selling mortgages oh but I'm called to make a difference in people's lives oh they may pay me to build houses but I'm really here to be a, a missionary to all of my brothers who are carpenters. I, I, it may be that I get paid as a school teacher, but I'm, I'm called to minister to kids. God, I pray for people who feel miserable, can't ever seem to get ahead, it feels like I eat and I never fool. I wear clothes and I'm never warm. I put my, my paycheck in my purse and really feels like a hole I pray there would be something beyond the numbers God I pray for kingdom perspective for kingdom living for kingdom citizens that rise above it and say God you gave this all to me and I'll leverage everything you've ever given me for the sake of eternity I'll leverage my life my gifts my talents my time my treasure my money I'll leverage everything I've got for the sake of eternity I thank you for the dream team doing that today. I thank you for our financial partners who do that every week. I thank you for a generous church who's giving places we may never go, people we may never see, who are changing the world. Now, nobody's looking around. If if this is for you, if you just say, man, I need this kingdom perspective, I'll be honest, I've kind of lived beneath that. I've kind of just lived for the numbers and it's a miserable way to live and I need kingdom perspective. If that's you, nobody's looking, just raise your hand. Amen Include me in this last prayer Thank you I see you God bless you God bless you I see you God bless you I see you God bless you Father I pray For people who are honest enough to say Man I gotta see beyond this This isn't about me This This is about others I don't need more I need God I need calling I'm going to start walking in it. Father, I pray for every person under the sound of my voice today would be a catalyst to calling. A catalyst they'd stand up with all they have and say, I'm walking in purpose from now on. I'll get my paycheck somewhere. i got to provide for my family, but I'm going to live and work and be in calling. I'm going to live on purpose, with a purpose, for a purpose. I'm going to change. So somebody needs to know God loves them and so do we thank you for choosing us thank you for the privilege to be on this team thank you for the privilege to be in this church thank you that god gave all for me i'm gonna leverage to give it all to him in jesus name everybody shout amen thank you for joining us today and a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry you know it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you We're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit CityHillsTX.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.